Hello, my name is Jerry Durham, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, What's Best for the Patient is Best for the Business. This podcast was put together for you, the healthcare practice owner, and wants to achieve success in your healthcare practice and turn this practice, this clinic, into a business. So if you want growth and scalability that drives financial performance, all three of those don't always come together. But if you want that, then you've come to the right place. I'm here to help you be most successful in your healthcare practice and turn it into a business. Cheers. Thanks for coming. Hello, my name is Jerry Durham. Welcome to what's best for the patient is best for business podcast. This is the interview series, doing it and helping others. Enjoy. All right. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to the podcast. What's best for the patient is best for business. I'm Jerry Durham, and we are in the middle of an interview series. We're in the middle of the series, doing it and helping others. And today I'm real excited to have on Danny Matei. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm good. I think just like you, I'm, uh, I've am i been on Zoom a lot today. Uh, but um, anytime I get a chance to you know chat with you, Jerry, I always appreciate it. I always learn a lot from you. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Cool. So, you know, we've had, you're not the first one in this series. And just so everybody knows, there was no order to the series. It was just a matter of basically when I got these interviews done. So we've had some conversations and some of the names people may have been familiar with or not, but I want to follow the same format, Danny. And I explained it a little bit before, but I want people to hear your story. What was your journey? Because I want people to come back to this and go, hey, Danny has this journey that resonates with me. Danny's working with people just like me. So I, I want people to understand the Danny Matei story working through to get to this, what's now the PT biz program that you're running. So I'm just going to turn it over to you, my friend. I may stop you to clarify or um, ask some follow-up questions, but otherwise I, I want people to learn more about you. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, it's funny. I, I, I don't know if you ever, you know, you kind of look back at, at your life at early stages. And it's like, man, I was, I was always trying to like sell things or I always had like a lawn mowing little side hustle or, you know, whatever. I was always trying to like make money for myself because my parents were, you know, I mean, like I'm not come from like a super poor family by any means, but it's just, you know, single income family, three kids. Uh, You know, my dad was in the military they, they, they gave us what we needed and not what we wanted. So if I wanted something, I had to go get it myself. Um, and I found, oh, cool. Like money is the vehicle to do that. So I kind of found some freedom in, um, you know, in, in, in having my own, my own income, my own jobs, my, and, and really like constantly trying to, uh, start little things as a, as a kid and even as like an adolescent or whatever. And, and, um, you know, so I, I don't know, I feel like, uh, entrepreneurship is, is maybe something that's, uh, a little hardwired in certain people. And it definitely, uh, was in me, but, um, you know, I went the, I went the path of, of going to PT school. I was interested in physical therapy. I'd, I'd had a couple injuries playing sports had a knee surgery when I was in high school and, um, got exposed to physical therapy. And I was like, this is a pretty cool profession. These guys, they seem pretty happy. I spent some time with some orthodox. They didn't seem as happy. Uh, and, and I realized, uh, you know, the, the kicker for me was, um, I was spending some time with the physical therapists and like all their patients were bringing them like baked goods. Um, you know, like 
to thank them as helping them get over whatever they had going on. And I was like, I never had that happen uh, with any of the Orthodox that I was with. So I thought, man, it seems like a better profession. Um, and when I found out that Dude, I could- That's so true, by the way. It's, no, it's, it's totally it, reflecting it, back, right? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it, it's one of the best parts of our profession. I think the relationships we get to develop, but um, I, I uh, you know, I, I found out I could do it in the army. I, I had, a desire to uh, go into the army capacity, you know, and um, it was either going to be, you know, go to school and commission in some other capacity or, or go and, and try to, you know, try to become a physical therapist. And they had a cool program or they still have it. It's called the U S army Baylor program. It's a, it's a, it's a condensed program. It's not quite three years. It's like 28 months, I believe. Um, but you get commissioned, you go to, you know, your, your basic um, course before. So you wear a uniform every day. Um, you get to do some fun stuff while you're there too, right? I get to go out to, uh, do training exercises and learn about trauma and go qualify at a range. And, you know, so like it was an in different experience what most people have in physical therapy, but you know, for me, um, it was what I really wanted to do. It, it, it kind of met two sides of what I was interested in. Um, but when I was at Baylor, um, this is when, and as I look back on it, you know, this is actually where I feel like I got, I got very fortunate because, uh, at the time, John Childs was my research director. So John- Wait a minute, wait a minute, real quick for context. Give me a year on this. Just, I just so want to go for it. So this would have been, so I was there in uh, 2000, from 2007 to 2010. Perfect. Um, so I, gra okay. I graduated in 2010. So John, cool. John was our, he was still in the Air Force. Um, you know, he had just, he had just started Evidence in Motion, I believe. But um, he was also a partner in uh, Texas Physical Therapy Specialists at the time. Um, with uh, Rob Weiner and uh, uh, Andrew Bennett. So the way that the Baylor program works is it's a year where you spend a year in an ortho clinic. Half of the students go to army clinics and other, the other half, because they didn't have enough spots at army clinics, go to civilian clinic. And um, I basically said, who's the best manual therapist? Like I want to learn from whoever the best manual therapist is. And Andrew Bennett's name kept coming up. Um, so it wasn't close. I had to drive, you know, whatever, 40 minutes a day to where they were at in New Braunfels um, from where we were living. But um, I decided I wanted to go there. It was a civilian clinic. It was totally different than what I, you know, was, was functioning in the army, but I heard he was like a great instructor and I wanted to learn from him. Um, so I went out there and it was, I, I learned a ton. It was, uh, you know, great uh, manual therapy, kind of uh, deep dive, a lot of fellows coming through. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think Andrew kind of noticed that I had some interest on the business side because I would ask him questions about things and I kind of, I, the numbers always sort of interest me a little bit. Um, you know, so he would take time and kind of break things down for me and, and what, why these numbers were important, these KPIs we were looking at and different things like that. Um, you know, and, and that, that was kind of the end of it for me, right? I didn't really think I was going to do anything outside of a career in the army. Um, so we, I finished my year, he and I still, you know, stayed in touch, but, uh, I got stationed out in Hawaii at the uh, uh, 25th Infantry Division, which which is at Schofield Barracks out there, which is a very fortunate assignment for me to to get you know. Dude, I never knew that. Oh, yeah, so so I lived on I lived 50 wow. yards from the beach uh, in the North Shore for three years, which was um, you know incredible experience in a number of levels. But I got an opportunity to become a a physical therapist for an infantry brigade. So they basically. Uh, they take they take one uh, person like me, right? One physical therapist, and they put you into a group of about thirty five hundred soldiers, oh, and wow. um, and they, Holy they, they Lord. yeah, they say go right. So like injury treatment, injury prevention, wow. and human performance optimization. And 
Um, at the time I was actually, so my brigade, I was the second person to be assigned to them, but the first guy, he got tasked to them right before they went to Baghdad for a year. So they didn't really have anybody, um, on, you know, on the base, uh, like they call it in garrison when we're home that, that was, uh, functioning as a physical therapist. So they didn't know what to do with me. And I was like, Hey, do you guys have an office near a gym? Cause that would be best for me to do that. So they found this office next to a laundromat basically, um, that, that had a gym above it and it was right in the community building. So that's where I set up shop and no one really knew what I was doing or what I was supposed to do, which I think for a lot of people would, they have a hard time with that. Like they, especially in the military, you knew it's structure, right? But, uh, for me, I was like, this is great. So I started, I started essentially cross training some medics to help me with some things. Um, and I found that, uh, teaching on the more kind of movement performance-based side, was where I made the most headway because, you know, you're talking about young male soldiers, basically. Yeah, dude, I can already see structure is going to be key here, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, what they didn't know. So this is the interesting thing is like, it, you know, communication is all about finding like what resonates with somebody to get them to, you know, take action on it. It's essentially sales, right? Like, so we're selling yeah. in these situations. I have to sell to these young soldiers as to why they might want to do what the hell I have to say. Right. And what I found was they preached injury prevention to us over and over again in school. They're like injury prevention, injury prevention. Well, when you're 20 years old and you're in the infantry, you could care less about getting hurt. Like you don't go, you don't go into that profession because you're worried about getting hurt. So what I found was performance was where it's at. So I would talk to him and say, Hey, you want to cut a minute off your two mile time, come to this class. I'm teaching run form. You know, and if I said, hey, you want to decrease your likelihood of shin splints, they wouldn't show up, right? So for, for me, I found out quickly that like, oh, I had to sort of mobilize these guys to do what I wanted to do. And um, it was a great job. It was, it was easily my favorite job, um, you know, w- when I was in the army. And uh, when my time there kind of came to an end, um, two things happened. So I, I got an opportunity to, uh, to teach for Kelly Sturette's team. Um, at the time it was called Mobility Wad. He was expanding his instructors. Um, he had a guy that worked with him. And then uh, he and I had met about a year prior to that when I came to their facility to, to basically just learn what they were doing to help with my, uh, my brigade so I could implement some of those things. And um, so he asked me if I was interested in teaching. And, and I said, yeah, I think, you know, I think I would be. Um, but I, you know, at, at the time I was still in the army. We were, we were supposed to go to Afghanistan. Uh, for a year. And, you know, so I was like, Hey, I'm not going to be here, you know, for a while. Uh, so that I gotta take a trip. Jeez. Yeah, right. Exactly. And wow. he said, Hey, you know, it's all good. It's here when you get back, if you want it. Well, that deployment got last minute canceled. Um, so I ended up, uh, not, and not going to Afghanistan and, uh, they redirected me to Fort Benning where I got assigned to the airborne school, basically their clinic attached to the airborne school. And uh, we hated Columbus, Georgia. My, you know, if you can imagine going from the North Shore of Hawaii to Columbus, Georgia in August, <laughs> my wife is seven months pregnant, right, at the time. And uh, it's like the worst place they could have sent us. Um, so it really was sort of the nail in the coffin on, um, on my military time, as well as they put me in a role that I just really didn't like. Uh, it was very traditional, high volume just turn and burn patients in a clinic and I didn't have any autonomy anymore. Right. So, um, yeah, all that autonomy. So real quick, because I've heard all of this and I was thinking about this when, when you said you were in the program, the autonomy in, in Hawaii, what you set up was, I mean, you had it all right. You said you cross trained medics and everything, right? Yeah. So I had medics. It was interesting. I actually got very efficient with it. I had medics 
doing all the ankle uh, and knee um, evaluations. I would do, you know, hip, spine. Um, they would actually do even some like elbow, wrist and hand stuff. Um, they were super smart. I get, I got two and they, they really, here's what they, I think they tried to like, it's kind of, they didn't were trying to screw me over. They just were giving me they, people they didn't know what to do with. So they gave me two 18 and 19 year old females in an infantry environment. This is a very hard demographic uh, to, to deal with if you're an 18 year old female. Right. And so they gave me these two medics, but they were yeah. sharp as attack. Yeah, and awesome. you know, yeah. So, so anyway, they, they ended up doing a lot of the initial evaluations um, uh, of certain areas. And then that left me open to be able to teach more on the, the performance side. Um, so, cool. so, you know, so anyway, th that was sort of the emphasis of uh, the transition um, out and uh, looking back on it, what was interesting was like, I had to learn sales and marketing because uh, I, I needed to actually get patients to come to see me. Nobody wanted to see me. This is such a weird problem to have in the government because everybody thought if you go see the doc, you got it, dude, you got it. Yeah. 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 So, but it's, it's a weird, so anyway, I had to draw my own business uh, there. So I had like this little cash practice wasn't, you know, charging for it. It was just socialized right. systems. Well, all the same principles. Very similar. Same principles. Yeah. And I looked back and I was like, man, what a great experience that was. And, and um, you know, so when we got out, it was, was June of 2014. Uh, so we were in Columbus, Georgia. We moved to Atlanta. Um, I was actually commuting back and forth uh, for the last month that I was there because we had, we had bought a house in Atlanta and it allowed me to kind of start to set up the beginnings of a, of a business. But um, the, the way it works basically is you have what's called terminal leave. So at the time I had 90 days of vacation saved up. So I had three months of essentially severance where I was technically still in the army, but not going to yeah, my- right, but not going. You're on yeah. vacation from the army. Dude. So I had three Literally. months where I could just do nothing and get paid. Or for me, I looked at it like I have three months to replace my income. That was my goal, right? So I was like, this is my, my goal. I got three months. I'm going to make it happen in this period of time. So, um, you know, I, I, I went and I talked to a couple of gym owners um, that I, that had some office space internally that I could sublease. I, I, I subleased a space in the West side of, uh, of Atlanta and I was up and running and, and, uh, and, and got going, you know, just like literally I got out on a Friday and Monday, I saw my first patient and, and part of it, I can give anybody advice, by the way, if you go to start a practice, like don't just like start and then try to market. I had actually started, uh, blogging and creating YouTube videos six months prior to me getting out. And I actually had people that were on a wait list to start to work with me whenever I could actually see them. Um, That's a great example. Great. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great because I didn't, I don't really know what that felt like to just sit there wondering if anybody's going to come and see you. Cause yeah. I already had like day one, I had two patients, but I had been putting a lot of work in on the front end. Um, so, so that's, that's where we started. And I, I taught two to three times a month for, um, I guess three or about three years for, for, um, Kelly's group, which was cool. Traveling? You know, got, were you traveling or what were you doing? Yeah. So I was all over the place. You know, I, I taught internationally. Um, I taught, uh, locally, I taught, uh, government contracts. I, I got a chance. It, it was a really cool, mm -hmm. you know, it was a cool opportunity. I got, to, I got to work with, uh, any, anywhere from like, you know, your, your weekend warriors at a CrossFit gym to the most elite military group you can imagine to professional uh, groups to international groups. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a really unique opportunity to be able to, to teach movement concepts um, all around uh, all around the world. Um, but it got to a point where it was very time intensive and uh, it started to um, decrease our ability to work on our business locally. Um, right. You know, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, when we realized, okay, well, this is an opportunity we have more control over. This is what we're 
you know, we need to be working on by we, I mean, my wife and I, so my wife and I work together. She started the business with me. She runs operations for our, uh, for our practice. Um, you know, and, not a PT. And, dude, she's a ninja, not a PT. No, I just think that's important for people to hear. Yeah. Right? And I, I just say, it. by the way, everybody who's come on their story. There's been like that, not a PT in there where I have to go. You didn't mention they weren't a PT. Cause I yeah. think it's really important for people to hear that. I agree. And you know, she ran nonprofits, right? So she had, you know, she was running military nonprofits uh, before we had kids and she probably would have gone back to doing that. Um, if, if we hadn't opened a business, but, um, she's such a good fit, uh, as far as, you know, she's very detail oriented. Um, you know, she's great with people. Uh, she, she's really good at systemizing things, which is, which I'm not right. So like what she does is compliments what I do really well. Um, and uh, if it wasn't for her, I'd probably still be, be in this little office, you know, by myself. Yeah, you'd be in the office running yeah. people through a medic, dude, <laughs> for screens. You know, what's funny is like, I feel like people, like they, they, they want to start and they want to have this perfect office, right? They want to have this perfect business from the get-go. And if it makes anybody feel any better, like I think look, what you just have to do is just get started. Like the, the gym that I was at, this is a true story, okay? I'll give you two, two, two examples of... Uh, crazy shit that happened in this office that I was in. First day, day number one, I'm walking out with my second patient to this parking lot. And as I, as I walk out to the parking lot, this guy walks up to a car, breaks the window with his elbow, reaches in, grabs a laptop and starts running. On the loading dock, this is an old like loading dock bay where the gym was at. There, they had a trainer and he had played in the NBA, he played overseas. This, he looked like a NFL tight end. He jumps off of the loading dock chases this guy down, tackles him, like, like chokes him on the ground and calls the police and takes the laptop back. And uh, this is the second person I ever worked with in my business. And we were both standing there in shock. We're like, Oh my God. And, and he's like, does this happen often? I, I don't know, dude, this is day number one. This is my first day here. Right. So like, that's kind of hard to come back, but to make that worse, that same month, a, a rat got in the building and it lived right above my office for a solid three months. So what would happen is it would only come out between six and seven o'clock in the morning. And I would start patients at six. So I'd be in there with somebody would be talking about something, doing some manual technique or whatever. And all of a sudden you hear this rat scurry over our head and you can't, it's hard to come back from that. You're the patient experience guy, right? Like, how do you come back from that? So, you know, when uh, you look at like, nobody pay no attention this. to the rat. In this. Yeah. We're, I, I, I was like, I think it's a squirrel is what I would tell people. And they're like, that's definitely a rat. But, you know, it, it's so to, to give anybody some hope, like that's where I started, right? Like I started in this, not, not the nicest spot, but what we thought was, hey, if we can, if we can legitimately treat people like we wanted our family to be treated, you know, and go, go above and beyond as far as communication goes, which I think is the biggest variable that is lacking in healthcare, be very transparent and teach people how to take care of themselves. That was our key principle. It was like, we want to educate you as investment in your body. Um, we thought that would take off and, and it did, you know? And so we got to a point where uh, my schedule was maxed out and then we scaled, you know? So from there, you know, we were able to scale um, to multiple offices, satellite offices and other gyms. Then we built a standalone location. How long, my friend, from day yeah. one? So where are you now? Just give me the years. Yeah, so this Probably. is, so 2014, we started. Right. Two, it's so two, 2021 when we had, we had a little bit of uh, 
turnover uh, last year, actually right before COVID, luckily for us, honestly. Um, so there's actually, there's, there's three docs in our, in our office plus myself. So there's four of us. Um, my, uh, my wife, she, she runs uh, operations. And then we have a full-time office manager, Claire, who's also worked with you, who's amazing. Um, and then we have some, we have some contractors and things that do different things like on the yeah. social media side or design mm-hmm. side or whatever that we outsource as well. Um, okay. But that's where we're at as far as our practice right now, but bust and, and honestly busting at the seams, but we, so, and I'll kind of backtrack just a little bit. I'm sorry. It's yeah. somewhat of a, uh, crazy no, 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 this is good. No, I, I think it's, I think it's going along well. So, so 14, now you just caught us up to today and now back it up. So, okay. Yeah. Start 2014. That's today where we're at, sure. but, um, along the way. So we, we actually had four providers in 2017. So, um, in 2017, we, aggressively scaled and grew yeah, and we yeah, were growing yeah. like crazy. Right. Um, and at that same time, what started happening is I started getting a lot of people asking me what the hell we were doing because at the very few people that's thought awesome, that a full dude. cash what practice. What the hell are we doing? I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what happened. So I was teaching all of these mobility wad courses for CrossFit. Right. And I would run into practitioners at these that would find out that I had a cash practice. They would be very interested in it. Wonder what the heck I was doing. And, um, and that's actually where the first group of people that we worked with on the business consulting side started. That's where it came from. Um, many of these people were just attendees of a workshop I was teaching or a course I was teaching on, you know, movement. And, um, and then we had a sidebar conversation about business. And, you know, so I, I uh, had enough people where they'd asked me for help that I, I kind of asked Ashley, I was like, what do you think? Like, I don't know if I'm qualified to do this, but I definitely feel like I'm ahead of where they're at you know, I might be able to, to help them. So, you know, we took, uh, five people, um, in, in through that year, 2017, well, yeah, 17. Yep. So it was 2017 into 2018. Um, and, uh, we worked with them for a year and we just said, Hey, all right, I'm going to, uh, you guys are going to come to Atlanta. You're going to see our office, how this works. We're going to do, you know, some work together in person. I'm going to talk to you guys every single month. We're going to work on your curriculum of kind of building your practice up and then we'll just see how it goes. So that was 2017 when I started that. And, um, you know, funny enough, some of those people are still with us and still work with us. You know, three of those five people still work with us uh, to this day. So that's sort of in a way, and it somewhat derailed me, you know, as far as in a positive way, in a negative way. You know, my, my friend always says like, you can have everything you want, but you, you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything you want. Right. So for me to be able to grow two businesses independently at the same time um, is, is hard to do. So what we decided to do was, all right, we're going to take our cash practice and we're going to use it as a testing ground. We're going to use this as proof of concept, as a training area, as a, you know, an ability to test and share things with the consulting clients that we started to work with. Um, and, and honestly, I think to the frustration of my um, staff, uh, especially our staff PTs, because if you can imagine, if I'm constantly trying new marketing things or different sales yeah, techniques. dude, on your staff. Hey, by the way, you're the new uh, you're yeah. the new mice in the research uh, study. It wasn't, it wasn't the best move, you know, and, and, and to be honest with you, I didn't know that at the time and our practice did fine. Like it just, it wasn't like we were trying to grow it. By the way, just for context, right. That in hindsight for both of us, because yeah, not going to work. Both of us, you just did. I'd have to go, but I did it too. And thinking there would be no issue with it. Hey, that's no big deal. And then going, what the fuck? Right. 
Well, I think because you and I are quick to like adjust to things and we kind of like that, but the average person, you know, they want stability. Um, you know, so, so, so anyway, for, for us, um, you know, we, and I think it's natural had some turnover, but we had some turnover and a lot of it was primarily, um, you know, we changed what we were doing, you know, we changed what we were yes. doing to practice. And, um, but you know, at, on the same side, like, you know, we went from five people we were working with in 2014 to actively right now, you know, we have 108 businesses in our, in our business development mastermind. And then we have another 72 businesses we're working with on the, uh, on the kind of starting side. Um, you know, so I, I kind of looked at it like, where do we have the best opportunity to help our profession? And if we just focus on our practice and I wish, you know, it, for, for my staff members, they were frustrated and decided to leave, by the way, both of them have their own successful cash practices. So I'm go. super proud of them. Um, you know, like they, they found what they needed to do and it's, it's worked out great. But, um, you know, I feel like us being able to educate these other practices and, and primarily performance-based cash practices, like we look at people that want to work with active people, you know, that have a, have a active niche of some sort, runners, golfers, CrossFit, triathlons, who want to work with youth athletes, you know, thing, things of that nature. Like that's who we work with. Um, and, and they don't want to necessarily take insurance and they want to build a model that's a little bit more sustainable as far as, recurring revenue built into it goes and, and uh, some of the things that we've figured out along the way, um, that's, that's who we help. And, you know, if we look at it, like our mastermind, uh, you know, in the last 12 months has generated somewhere in the range of 25 to $30 million in, in gross revenue. Not only that, but they've hired last, just last year alone during COVID, we had 35 staff clinicians get hired by, um, by members that we were working with. And we've had at least that, if not more, um, this year already. So, you know, we've probably added a hundred cash practice staff positions, uh, over the last, uh, you know, year and a half to two years, just for the people we're working with for me to hire that number of people in my own, you know, office yeah. would be very difficult to do. So that's great. Hold on, slow up. Because this is important. Dude. This yeah. is what I told you I'd do. I'd stop. Go, go for it, man. Yeah. Meaning because there, there's stuff I hear that I, that I believe might, if we don't reiterate my, my, this has happened on all of them where I hear someone say something and I'm like, hold up. So think about this people, right? So Danny, Danny didn't, Danny didn't scale up a $25 million company, but he's helped all these people scale up to $25 million. Danny didn't have to hire a hundred new people. I like this too. Here, here's what I want you guys. And, and I'm not saying he didn't, right? So he's helped people scale up, grow to $25 million. He's helped people to grow and scale to then hire a hundred people. The time and the energy and the money to do that on your own in your own little community would be, take insanely longer than the time he just did this. And I get this all the time. Well, why don't you just start your own clinic? And I say, because I can't have the same impact right. every month. I have now, and just for context, this isn't about me, but again, Danny's got how many? 108, you said? Yeah, right now, actively. Yeah, think about this. I mean, he's impacted. I, I, I like this approach. Danny has now helped 108 different communities. I mean, your city, your state, wherever the fuck you are, right? He's helped people to understand how to better reach out to their community and serve more people in their community. And th this is the part that gets missed. It's just like, so Danny's had a bigger impact by actually stepping back and go, I'm going to help more people doing this than just going, I'm going to build a $25 million empire. 
right? Yeah. It's I, it, the impact to communities and hiring. The hiring thing and the job creation thing is totally missed, dude. So I just want to go over that again. The impact you're having nationwide, all these different cities and states and little towns and big towns and to see like guys like Ziad and Andrew, right? Where, where they've come to, right? And yeah. serving more and more people in their community. And now, by the way, serving patients, but now hiring employees, right? People yep. with jobs, people with benefits. It's, it's fucking huge. So this is cool. I just want so, to make sure that didn't go over everybody said. No, and I think, I think it comes down to um, understanding like what, what drives, uh, you know, our, our actions and where we want to put our time. And, uh, you know, if, if we look at like my big audacious goal when I got out of the army was to replace my income, which was $78,000 at the time. Okay. That, that was it. I didn't have some sort of big business plan or some goal or whatever, like all these things that have happened have not happened out of me planning for these. It's been, you know, where do I feel like I have the best opportunity to impact our profession? And, you know, so we, we're, we are very happy with where we've been able to, um, to, to go and what we've been able to do as far as our business is concerned. And what happened for us is we, we, we started to get, we had multiple uh, uh, patients of ours actually ask us if they could invest so we could franchise our, our business. This yes. was, you know, so. 2017, 2016, 2017. And we turned them down every time. Um, I just didn't necessarily agree with the model. Um, I, I, I didn't like the idea of, um, you know, like a initial fee and then a percentage of your revenue forever and all these things. I just, I just, I didn't think it was like the most, uh, fair model, uh, for IP you're creating. Right. And, you know, what I thought was, well, well, what if we can share what's going on and essentially systemize and share these things that essentially would be a, a franchise, but it's white labeled in a way where it's your business. I don't own your business at all. You just pay us a, as far as like a consultancy education fee goes each month. And if you don't want to stay cool, don't, if you do great. Um, you know, and, and we thought that would be a, a more fair, fair way to go about it with the ultimate goal of, you know, we want to add a billion dollars of cash revenue to the PT industry um, that's our goal right now. We're, you know, annually, by the way. So right now we're at, you know, 25 million and we've got a long way to go. And in order for that to happen, we need a small army of ultra successful practices to be able to hire staff clinicians. And, and, and honestly, not, not to sound dramatic, but like, we feel like we're saving, you know, staff clinicians, we're saving clinicians that do not want to start their own business, which not everybody should, by the way, not everybody's weird like us. But like saving them, giving them an amazing opportunity to work with really, really motivated patients, lower volume, replace their income and, and be a part of a, a culture of people that want to work together, you know, to really help these people create long, you know, long, healthy, happy lives. And that's what we want to do. And in order to do that, we use the vehicle of the business. We need the success of the business to support hiring and removing these clinicians from these really PT mills that they're in to be able to work in a much better setting where they can use their skill set the way it deserves. That, that's the whole reason why we made the decision that we did. That's, I love the way you shared that. There's so many things in there. Everybody just needs to pause right now, run that back and listen to what you said again. I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you for listening today to the podcast. Here's what I want you to do next. Um, if you want to stay in touch or want more information on the doing of all this, then I highly recommend, and I really want you to go over to my YouTube page. Jerry Durham PT, J-E-R-R-Y-D-U-R-H-A-M. There is just 
so much content, videos added weekly, if not daily, and you will be able to bury yourself and immerse yourself into this content and learn all you need to know to start implementing some of the things we talked about today. Second thing I want you to do is just jump in feet first over at my Facebook group. What's best for the patient is best for business daily interactions, right? I'll be there. You can have discussions with other people. You can ask me questions. I post there frequently, post videos. I share information there. So it's a place to stay up to date and be very interactive with other people who have the same goals and mindset that you do and want to create this business, this healthcare practice that will scale and grow and give you financial performance. Cheers all.